Are you a fan of vampires? Then check out Vlada a Dracula Tale on Facebook and on Twitter for more information about an exciting new graphic novel coming soon from me and artist Ken Hunt. We take the entire story of Dracula and we gender swap the cast. This is not your traditional graphic novel. It's very akin to the Bernie Wrightson Frankenstein that you may have seen or read about. Amazing black and white illustrations and covers by Ken Hunt are contributing to this amazing project. Keep an eye on the Vlada, a Dracula tale, Facebook and Twitter for more information about the... Another exciting episode of Goth Girl Horror, the Hack Slash Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Chris. And I am your co-host, Charcy Lux. And tonight we are wrapping up the miniseries Hack Slash My First Maniac, which is the origin story of Cassie Hack and how she got started. The extended origin story, because we all knew the origin story from the first appearance. But this is the extended origin story, just to clarify what we are talking about and hopefully you uh, will catch the next episode, because we're posting two episodes this week. So this is the conclusion of My First Maniac, and then we're going to have a Hackslash review episode where we review the Hackslash beer, statue, and toy. Uh, But uh, before we get to that, Charcy, what's keeping you hacking and slashing? What's keeping me hacking and slashing? Yeah, I didn't know what else to ask you. (laughs) We talk a lot about stuff, so. (laughs) Well, you know, we've got to seem sane at some point, no matter how mad we get at work. (laughs) Huh? Is work crazy these days? Oh, my God, it's awful. It is. That sucks. (laughs) All right, so we're going to jump right into the issues. Uh, And Charcy has the plot synopsis for us for the last two of these miniseries. I do. I have the plot synopsis for issues three and four. So one night, Cassie goes to another party with Sarah and Kelsey on the Farmer Fig Farm. But it's broken up by the police. and They are separated from Sarah. Later on, Kelsey goes back to the farm to find his phone that he had left behind. But he finds Sarah instead, and she's covered in blood. Elsewhere, Cassie runs into one of the thugs from previous in the issue, to find he's also covered in his friend's blood. He and his friend were invited to the farm for a party, but they were attacked instead. His friend is killed in front of him by a slasher using a hammer. Cassie heads back to the farm to find Kelsey, but is, inta- but is attacked by Sarah. We find out in that moment that the slasher is not Farmer Fig, but Bloodbus. When he was alive, his name was Matthew, and he was Sarah's boyfriend. One night when he was trying to make her jealous by spying on Farmer Fig's beautiful daughter, they find that she is basically brain dead and should be in the hospital. Farmer Fig finds them and then locks them up in his barn full of arcade games. Instead of panicking, Matthew decides to play the game Blood Bus, and this infuriates Sarah. She is so scared that they are going to die, and in her annoyance, she gets up and beats him to death. Fig, who always planned on letting them go, finds her in the barn with the dead body. They bury his remains in the cornfield. But Matthew comes back as a slasher. He kills Farmer Fig and his daughter, and then recruits Sarah, wanting her help to help him get more victims. 
Sarah reveals all of this to Cassie, thinking she would agree with her. But once Bloodbus kills Kelsey, Cassie wants nothing to do with Sarah and goes to kill the slasher. During the fight, he ends up bashing in Sarah's skull, who he always wanted to kill anyway. Cassie finds a gun and defeats Bloodbus. She learns in that moment that she would never have a normal life. She was a blunt weapon. So she continues on to her next mission, which is to hunt the meat man. And the meat man is, of course, uh, how she meets Vlad, which we learn. Um, yes. We will get to what that page looks like uh, when we get there, because I have some, I don't understand how it was printed, but we will get there. So the covers for these, I only have the one cover, and I don't know if there's multiple covers for these. Um, yeah, so there's a cover B. Uh, by Mike Norton and Ni Nai Rufino. Um, can you try and find that cover? Let's see here. I want to see if it's in the back of mine. Come, cover A is by Tim Seeley and Carlos Padilla, and it has Cassie leaning over in what looks like the rain with the face of the uh, killer behind her, and she is topless, just wearing a skirt, uh, and a, carrying a bloody knife. And her, um, she is just all sorts of awesome nakedness for no reason other than just <laughs> the way Tim is going to draw her. Um, and I have actually Tim signed on her leg, too. Uh, I have all four issues of this miniseries signed by Tim from uh, 2014. Cool. Yep. And then the I second... have 3B by Mike Norton and Neil Rufanino. Okay. Wow, I butchered that name. The That's the one where Bloodbus is seeing popping out of an arcade game with his hammer and he's going after Cassie. It's kind of cute because she's in her schoolgirl outfit instead and she's got the glasses. So she's kind of a nerdy, geeky looking Cassie, but she's got a bat and a knife. And of course she's screaming trying to get away from Bloodbus. The entire um, four-issue series artwork is done by uh, our guest uh, from a few months ago, Daniel Leister, and it's, uh, again, really, really good for this uh, miniseries, I think, uh, the way he draws everybody and just how the the art just really, really pops. I do love the girl who tells Cassie that she has a cute outfit and she's basically dressed like Cassie would be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I, I gotta love how these are all high school girls and they're just got the biggest freaking breasts. <laughs> they all look like college girls. <laughs> they look like college girls. These do not look like girls I went to high school with, let me tell you. <laughs> Definitely not look like the high school girls I was with either. <laughs> no. And I went to a I went to a public school and a uh, private school and uh, there weren't private school girls except for when we did like a play together. Um I guess in that regard, like, the drama girls were a little bit more, you know, a little bit dressed a little sexier because they would always, like, show up to drama practice in, like, their uh, pajamas, you know what I mean, tank tops and stuff, but... Oh. <laughs> um, uh, that seems like a college girl thing, though, too. This guy has taken to Cassie, and she feels all smitten by him, and she goes home and writes in her journal. It's so adorable. Someone said I was cool. <laughs> I was going to say, her face is, like, the best in that picture, too. I know. It's typically not Cassie. <laughs> Maybe that's Today, the... for the first time ever, someone said I was cool. <laughs> Maybe this is why the action figure is smiling, because he took it from this one image. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. <laughs> so then he goes, so Kelsey, uh, Kelsey goes back to the farm, and Sarah is just covered in blood, uh, missing some buttons on her shirt, but that's okay. Uh <laughs> 
Intentional, I'm sure. <laughs> Intentional. Cassie continues to write in her journal, and then uh, who's the guy with the dreads? This is one of the thugs from, I want to say it was, was it the second issue when she first met Sarah and Kelsey? And they there was two thugs that were beating up this guy, and Sarah and Kelsey stopped them, and that's this is one of those thugs. Sarah um, captures Cassie and uh, gives over her origin story, which um, for a minute there, I thought that I, I swear before rereading this, I thought that we were going to be revealed that Sarah is the fa- is the farmer's daughter, but that, not quite. Um, but I do love the I fact. I was thinking that too. Um, Sarah is sunbathing, and did you notice, like in the like flashback way it's drawn, like her nipples are just peeking barely through. Just bit. barely. Just yeah, a tease. Just a tease. Um, Cassie's strung up like a uh, scarecrow, which is a little bit ridiculous. And we get the entire origin of the slasher flashback. And Sarah is a bit of a psycho bitch. Just a little bit. <laughs> well, I mean, the fact that, you know, her boyfriend wants to try and make her jealous. So it's like, why not take her to Farmer Fig? Because she's supposed to be so beautiful. And the fact that in her rage, that her thought process is to literally bash his face into the arcade game to kill Matthew is, yeah, that that could be categorized as insane. Um, Poor Kelsey. I mean, he, him and Cassie could have had something, but not with a hammer in the back of his skull. No, <sighs> and not even the front side of the hammer. The worst side of the hammer is what went through his head. Go on. I You just stopped talking. Oh, did it cut me off? No, you just stopped talking, it seemed like. Oh, no, that that, that was literally it, was that, you know, he got the, the worst end of the hammer, the right. back of the hammer. Um. Now the second issue with Cassie, uh, Sarah's telling uh, Ca- Sarah telling Cassie, um, today's Kelsey saw me covered in blood, burying that stupid J kid. He didn't understand. He wanted to go to the police. Please tell me you understand. Like maybe she's found a kindred spirit with Cassie. It's not quite like that. Now no. the second cover has Cassie uh, about to bash Sarah's head in on the ground, and uh, her crazy ex boyfriend behind him. And I kind of am intrigued by how Sarah's hair is. So different in that issue where it's, I, I I mean, I dig it, that orange with the red streaks in it, but, but yeah, uh, obviously Cassie is not a kindred spirit with Sarah because she's not insane, so. <laughs> Correct. Um, we pick up in the next issue right where we left off, but we have this like crow flying overhead as I don't quite know what this is supposed to be like a symbolism of maybe but just maybe it just gets scared when it sees Cassie um and uh she says she understands and Sarah thinks she's found her kindred spirit Cassie looks really good by the way trust up as a scarecrow just saying oh yeah yeah just you know just full with on blood all over her face she's still sexy somehow <laughs> so hot I mean her and Sarah are just completely covered in blood I don't understand why she doesn't just kill Sarah after she finally gets free well uh, has she technically ever killed a human being yet? It's just been slashers at this time. Maybe it just seems like Sarah is not should not be kept alive. No, she'll probably just become a slasher herself. You know. 
Cassie gets her own fake scare, which is funny because it's just a cat. It's something that she and a lot of horror fans absolutely agree on. They ha- I hate fake scares. <laughs> and then you have Bloodbus behind her. Yep. And one of the worst pictures that it's like the, the cringeworthy that you could just feel it yourself when she falls into that hole and she grabs onto the barbed wire and you're just seeing the blood pooling out of her hand. It's just like, oh, you could just feel that pain. Or like when she gets like right in the shoulder and her arm is pretty much like useless at that point. Yeah, yeah. That sucks. I mean, just, uh, yeah, you're right. The, the barbed wire, but I think the shoulder is the worst of them all. So, yeah, not only is her one arm now useless and her only good hand, she ends up having to, like, slice it up with barbed wire, so. Right, and then, of course, he, uh, like, jabs her with his elbow. Hold on a second. He jabs her with her with his elbow right in her wound. Mm. Most people would be on the ground and done, but, of course, not Cassie. She fights back. Kelsey, he didn't feel wrongness from me. He knew who I really was, and he almost had me thinking I could live here, be his friend, be normal. <sighs> Poor Cassie. Yeah. And then, you know, but at least she gets to take revenge. We have a very typical anime-style um, fight scene where we get the camera, if that's what you want to call it, the uh, artist's perspective, Daniel's, um, underneath Cassie's skirt, so we get the panty shot. I wonder whose direction <laughs> that was, Daniel or Tim's? Could be both. No more handsome face. Now there is only grin face. I am grin face. Grin face reminds me a lot since this is like a skin mask of Leatherface. Yes, I was thinking the same thing too. And it could be kind of reminiscent of that. And how is Cassie still alive after now being hit by the car? And you see now it hits her right in the leg. So her mm-hmm. leg, her hand, her shoulder are just cut open and bleeding. And yet she's still able to be a badass and jump on the car. Yeah, just unbelievable. I mean, she gets kicked right in the stomach. We must kill the slashers. They're evil. Fuck you. And then, of course, it leads them right back to the arcade room with Bloodbust, the game. Her arm should definitely, yeah, She, uh, her goddamn arm is broken as she screams out. Oof, yeah. I forgot about that scene, but yeah, I was going to say she's definitely going to need some medical help. <laughs> Cassie's got a gun, Janie's got a gun, and she just starts blowing people away. And of course, uh, Sarah is just dead. <laughs> well, technically, it's like I had said that she had had her uh, head bashed in by Matthew, because, you know, he had wanted to kill her in the first place. But they technically almost end it to where Cassie just surrounds her with gasoline and she actually hands Sarah the lighter and Sarah's actually still alive. Not for long though because obviously she lights the lighter. Um, The detail in the images for this is absolutely amazing by Daniel, Mm -hmm. I think. I was going to say they are stunning and I love just how gritty they are and the gruesome scenes are so good. And like what we said before, like you could just feel the pain when you're seeing that Cassie's getting hacked up. 
It's, and then, of course, I think we, his, oh, oh, sorry, I was going to say, I think it's absolutely his best uh, looking art. I definitely, I can agree with that. There's a lot of emotion to it, too. Absolutely. It, uh, the way he draws, like, the gore, the blood, and everything is just a true testament of, like, why I would love to see him back on the book, uh, doing a miniseries with Tim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know oh, he yeah. might not have complete time dedicated to drawing and writing a hack slash book, so that might be a little hard. But teaming back up with Daniel would be absolutely fantastic. It'd be worth it too. So right, but right after she sets everything on fire, that's it. It cuts right to her confrontation meeting with Vlad, which in my comic book is a you have to turn the comic book and it says, "But now I know what, now I know which hunt I'm on." But you have to flip the page in order to get the full picture. It's not across two pages for some reason. It's on two separate pages, the same page, both sides, this image of her diving on top of Vlad. I don't know why this was printed this way. I don't know if this was a mistake or not, but it's a really bad one. Oh, wow, because I was going to say, in mine, it's it's the full picture once you're sideways. That's when you see the full picture. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, but you have to turn the page in order to see the full picture. It's not across two pages. Yeah. Yeah, that's really strange. Um, in both of these, we have pinups, by the way. One by Dominic Marco, uh, with Cassie with a belly button ring, which is unusual because I don't think she actually has a belly button ring. No, I don't. I don't think she does either. Right. And then we also have the model DJ Sci-Fi by photographer Nia Brostel. It's an exclusive variant cover of Hackslash My First Maniac Number One at ndcomics.com. And those I don't have in my issue, but I also don't have the issues. I have the the reprint when it became all four into my first maniac. Gotcha. The uh, one of the ads in this issue I want to point out is on the back of both issues is for the Hack Slash Sketch Card series coming October fifteenth, twenty ten. I don't understand how I missed this. It was by Five Infinity Productions, but it was a series of art artist cards done by various artists, and they are in insanely hard to find now. Um, harder to find than the Jenny Frisnick cover, uh, the Wizard Which, of Oz one. I can imagine how much those are then. Yeah, they're, they're, uh, even Tim says he doesn't even have a full set. He has a couple. Oh, man. See, that's sad. The writer should have the full set. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've, all, I've seen them on eBay sometimes, but it's just not worth it to me to try and uh, get them. I, I had somebody send me a spreadsheet, I think. I might still have it in an email of all the cards, so I at least have an image to look at. So maybe we'll have to go over those cards sometime and just like break down who all the different artists are. Um, That'd be cool. It is added here for Fangoria Magazine. Can't imagine why. Um, <laughs> other image comic books being published at the time Invincible number 75. I couldn't believe in 2010 Invincible was up to issue number 75. And the reason why I mention this is because the Invincible trailer just came out for Amazon Prime's upcoming animated series. Ah, oh, that's right. I forgot that they were in production for all that. Yeah. Also uh, out at this time was uh, Witchblade number 138, The Walking Dead issue 76, um, and Chew number 13. And Hellspawn Complete Collection, Shadowhawk number four, volume five, and a bunch of other books that I'm not too familiar with. Um, yeah. 
so and then on the back of one of the other books uh, it's for Elephant Man who is a character I am not familiar with that was published by Image Comics and I, don't I am Elephant not Man familiar by, with that like, either I don't mean Elephant Man by like guy who has like elephant titus face or something like that this is a guy who's like a giant elephant oh wow yeah I was totally picturing the other way around so. oh you thought it was just like the movie yeah yeah like the movie well, that's all the notes I have here for My First Maniac, issues three and four. I, I was going to say, we covered everything I had as well. Awesome. Tune in in a couple weeks. We will have a single issue coverage for Hackslash number five. In the meantime, you can find us at Goth Girl Horror and our individual Twitters at Christy SAV. Or at Charcy Lex. Or you can send us an email, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. If you'd like to help out the podcast in any way, you, if you are a business of some kind and you'd like us to like to be a sponsor for the podcast, you can send us an email, thatradiohorror at gmail.com. Or you can always, of course, uh, buy a cup of coffee. I have it set up to buy me a slice of pizza. And all the proceeds will help the Goth Girl Horror and other shows on the Radio Horror Network. And we'll be back in a couple weeks with a single issue of Hackslash. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> Dorgan Ramen is a restaurant in Ashland, Massachusetts. Serves traditional and authentic Japanese ramen, Thai noodle soups, and the best chicken wings in the Metro West. Everything's done in-house from scratch, and they use only the highest quality products from small farms. Co-chef owners, Papanook and Alan McIntosh combine their culinary skills with traditional Japanese cuisine to create an authentic, amazing flavor in every dish. Located at 1 West Union Street on Ashland, Massachusetts, their phone number is 508-309-3416. Or they can be located on Facebook at Dorgan Ramen Ashland and on their website as well, www.dorganramen.com.